Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ocean State Sidelines. My name is Brendan McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times from Socket Call. Once again, joined by my co-pilot, Will Gagan, sports editor of The Independent. And Will, here it is, the... I guess the last Friday in October officially, uh, the next to last oh, weekend sure. in terms of high school football. Yeah, we're getting down to crunch time here. We got uh, we got playoff talk happening. Just two more weeks for uh, for Division One and Division Two teams, an extra week for Division Three teams. Uh, but yeah, playoff positioning is is at play with some big games uh, tonight, Friday night. Yep, you and I will both be at Max Reed Field in Pawtucket for. Uh, the but probably the maybe the top game maybe the, uh, you can say Cranston West and LaSalle is also yeah, an important game both up there yeah. both are up there but uh, we'll start with North Kingstown and Shea I guess uh, barring anything unforeseen this is uh, for the top seed or the number two seed in the Division One A side of the bracket uh, both teams the Skippers and the Raiders come in at four and one. In league play, North Kingstown, their lone losses to uh, Henrikin, Shea's lone blemish to date is to St. Rayfield. You know, just uh, kind of funny how Shea's schedule broke down. They uh, faced everyone in the subdivision before tackling at the end North Kingstown and uh, Bishop Henrikin in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, that's quite a way to finish it up for Shea, but I mean, credit them for, for, you know, staying in position to get a home playoff game and taking care of business against most of those teams, St. Ray's lost notwithstanding. Yeah, so it looks like Hendrickson will, uh, you know, unless something crazy happens, will be uh, headed to the state championship game. So these other teams are playing for seeding in the Division One playoffs, and uh, and the winner of this game, I we believe, will be the top seed or the number two seed, however you want to call it, but the top seed in that particular bracket uh, from Division One A. Yeah, the uh, key matchup, obviously, uh, Shea, uh, Jalen Smith, the uh, senior running back. Uh, he's on URI's uh, Ross, uh, radar in terms of maybe heading down to Kingston next year. You know, he has breakaway speed. Uh, North Kingstown can attest to that. Uh, you know, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Shea has a little element of a passing game that can kind of keep the skipper's defense honest. Uh, a few weeks ago, the Raiders made a switch at quarterback, putting se- uh, senior Trenton Curry in there, replacing Erickson Vance, who began the year as Shea's number one quarterback. Vance is, of course, as everyone knows who listens to this podcast, all-world basketball player, came out to try to uh, play football in his senior year. He kind of took a step away from the program, from the football program, just to get ready for basketball. Obviously, his bread and butter sport in terms of potentially playing after college. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. So, yeah, and like you said, uh, you know, it's a new quarterback, but Jalen Smith kind of carries the water for Shea. And NK knows that. They were talking, Coach Jogo Martin was talking about Smith last week, saying, uh, you know, we remember, we remember him. He's, he's the real deal. He went 99 yards against the Skippers last year. Um, so NK will be trying to stop him. They had they had a little bit of a little bit of trouble. There were some tense moments against St. Ray's last week where their defense gave up some long drives, methodical drives. Um, so NK will be looking for a better defensive performance on the offensive side. NK is just just rolling along at this point. So many weapons uh, in the passing game, and then the, the running game has really taken off too. You know, James Osmanski, the quarterback, has been doing it all year. Uh, he's just such a weapon back there. Whether he's dropping back to pass or they're calling quarterback draws. Uh, but they're also getting some other guys involved. Eddie Cardarelli, the former soccer player uh, and sprinter, uh, state champion relay uh, team member for NK. He's got a lot of speed and he's doing well, uh, kind of killing teams with jet sweeps and some of their fullbacks are getting involved too. So NK is playing well, looking for a fourth straight win after that Hendrickson loss. No, Hendrickson's offense, NK's offense, I should say, they've uh, haven't allowed 
or scored more, less than 30 points in there in the league games to get. So I, I expect a lot of points to be scored tonight in Max Field. Yeah, absolutely. And could be a similar situation in Providence. Uh, Cranston West LaSalle, you mentioned. Uh, big game there. In Division One B, we, we don't get to see these teams as much because uh, most of our teams are on the other side. But you're looking at Cranston West LaSalle, Portsmouth, all at 4-1 and one right now. Uh, Portsmouth played pretty well last week against LaSalle, ultimately came up a little short. Um, and LaSalle, I believe, don't quote us on this, but can clinch that state championship spot with a win tonight against Cranston West. But if Cranston West wins, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, you know, Portsmouth, they're obviously a very interested spectator in this. Uh, they have South Kingstown this weekend, and, you know, they'll still be tied with whoever wins right. the uh, Division One B game tonight. But like you said, you know, if LaSalle wins tonight, they would have the inside track to representing the 1B side in the state championship game. Yeah. So, could could end up with two years in a row of Hendrick and LaSalle, which was kind of uh, by design when they introduced this playoff format. Uh, but who knows, maybe someone will crash the party there. But uh, another kind of sneaky good game tonight down in Newport. Uh, Lincoln travels to uh, face Rogers. Uh, Lincoln is 4-1. and one. That lone loss coming to East Greenwich last week. Um, the Avengers, you know, living up to expectations and... You know, just an absolute juggernaut right now. They seem to be on track to represent that side of the bracket in the Super Bowl. Rodgers, they're 3-2. and two, You know, so whoever wins this game tonight, Rodgers and Lincoln, they could possess the inside track to hosting a playoff game in the quarterfinals. Yeah, and East Greenwich, I mean, credit credit them. What a, what a win last week against Lincoln there. Maybe their toughest challengers so far. Uh, and then you Burrowville against Coventry. Burrowville back in action after a bye last week. Uh, and then as you look a little bit at D3... Uh, Narragansett and Pilgrim still perfect. They both won last week. They play each other next week. Before that, Narragansett against North Providence this week. Uh, Pilgrim against Cheraho, who's been pretty good. So Pilgrim was a little bit of a tougher test than North Providence has struggled. Uh, we may be headed for uh, Battle of Unbeatens next week. Stay tuned on that. Yeah, it's uh, you know another big game that we don't want to look too far ahead to next week. Uh, Westerly traveling up to Burville for an early morning tilt. Uh, one of those true Bronco traditions of uh, yes. getting the team from maybe the opposite end of the state <laughs> to come up and play their neck of the woods. I think uh, Westerly's going to stay overnight. Yeah, they might have to find some <laughs> hotel rooms up there in Barville to maybe, uh, you know, maybe save yourself the uh, jaunt. Uh, imagine uh, Middletown did, did this a couple of weeks ago. You're wondering what time they had to leave, what yeah. time Westerly Honestly. has to leave. I mean, that's yeah. what time you had to get to the school. Yeah. Rhode Island is a small state, of course, but... <laughs> when you're talking about Westerly, when you're talking about Westerly or Barville or yeah. Middletown, Barville, you're talking some uh, some uh, a good uh, good amount of time spent on the bus. Indeed, yes. Um, but we'll uh, shift gears, talk a little college football, ever so briefly. Uh, you know, those poor URI Rams, they just uh, you know they seem snake bit once again. Another close game up in Albany last week. You know, turnovers in the end, kind of sinking them and. For a change, they're finally back at home. It feels like they've been on the road forever, but uh, they have Elon tomorrow, I believe. It's homecoming and yep. a lot of pageantry down at Kingston Homecoming tomorrow. game. It's always a big crowd for homecoming, and they said this game is sold out. So people are still uh, still into watching these Rams, even though they've really struggled. Uh, they're 1-6 now. Really struggled to win, I guess. Haven't necessarily really struggled. They've no. put up some numbers. They've been in a lot of games. But yeah, last week against Albany, uh, a seven-point game. Uh, but I think more more frustration than heartbreak this time around. Just like you mentioned, the turnovers. They had three fumbles, threw an interception. Just miss, really missed some opportunities there in a game they had to win. Uh, now a tough test against uh, against Elon for them this weekend. And, uh, you know, just talking about Bryant, uh, they travel to Robin Morris uh, tomorrow for a high noon game. Uh, 
Brian's record, they're two and six overall, but they're one and two in the NEC play. Mathematically, they're still alive, but you know, with four straight NEC games to go, you know, the margin for error is razor thin at this point for uh, Chris Merritt and his uh, coaching staff up there. You know, one note from last week's uh, 52 to 14 loss by Brian to Central Connecticut. Trey Jones, the former St. Rayfield star football player. Had a very good game for the Blue Devils. Not the Duke Blue Devils, but the Central Connecticut mm-hmm. Blue Devils. Had a couple sacks, and you know he's uh, continued to trend upwards in terms of a player who could be doing something in terms of playing football after college. Yeah, good for him. He was, he was a fun player to watch, uh, football and basketball, back in the yes. day for the Saints. Yes. All right, that's enough college football in these, in these parts. Uh, so it's, a, it's almost college hoop season. We had, had some preseason news. Uh, from the A-10 conference, uh, the preseason poll and awards were released on Thursday. URI was picked fourth in the league behind uh, first place Davidson. Uh, first, sorry, first place VCU, then Davidson, then Dayton, uh, and then Rhode Island. Dayton had one first place vote. It was not me. I am a Dayton grad, but I do not have a vote in the preseason poll, just to make that clear. I believe that's a media poll, too, Well, if I'm correct. It's a media coach combo, I believe. Because in the Big East, they only do coaches. That's okay. it. They call it the coaches poll. But yeah. in the A-10, it seems like it's a combination. It is a combination poll. Yeah, there are... Well, let's see. 19, 27, 28 voters, it looks 28 like. 28 voters. So, yeah, so that's... Uh, it's a decent crew. It's a decent crew. But I think, you know, you can attest to this better than me. I think that's a good spot for URI. Yeah, you know, in terms of their overall talent base that's returning from a year ago and some of the players that are waiting in the wings. Yeah, I think it's about right. And I think it's, uh, you know, they've been in the top five of this poll for, for a few years running now. And, you know, four for a team with high hopes maybe seem a little low, but that speaks to the quality of the conference. Uh, you know, VCU is a returning NCAA team. Uh, Davidson and Dayton also pretty much return everybody. You know, it's, it goes back to what David Cox, Coach David Cox of the Rams said, uh, Post game after their A10 loss last year, they had made that little run, had a late season surge, and he was asked, you know, what does this do for next year? And he said, well, you know, it sets us up, but look at these other teams too. It, it's going to be a a tough league this year, and a, and a chance for the league to kind of come back and have a strong year, get multiple NCAA bids. That's what they're hoping for after last year when they were kind of headed for one until uh, until an upset uh, no, in the A10 tournament. And then it goes to like a lot of the teams have done smart scheduling. Yep. You're right, no exception. Alabama, you know, of course the annual game against PC. You know, it's uh, it's a chance to kind of put yourself in position come March where you feel good about your resume and the body of work you submitted. And, uh, you know, credit to these teams. I don't think, like you said, going back to last year when I think when URI beat VCU in the A10 uh, tournament, it was, it was heading towards a one big league, and yep, uh, you know was. St. Louis was able that opened the door for St. Louis right. and Travis Ford. They were able to get in with the automatic berth and ended up being a two team bid uh, league for the A ten year ago. You know, solid in some regards considering that it was trending towards a one big league. But you're right. I think uh, with URI pick fourth, it shows that the depth of the league is a lot better than a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be it'll be a fun year in the A ten. Also had some individual honors for URI. Cyril Langevine. On the first team uh, and the all-defense team, Jeff Doughton on the second team, Fats Russell on the third team. Uh, and you can get a chance to watch these URI Rams this weekend. Exhibition game Saturday night, 7 o'clock at the Ryan Center against Rhode Island College. Yeah, well, in-state rivalry. Well, in-state rivalry <laughs> and, uh, you know, note on the anchorman, you know, Jackson Zankan, the former Cumberland High All-Stater, he's a freshman at Rick uh, his third straight year that he's playing a game with the Ryan Center, of course, the last two yeah, years. There you go. He did so as a Final Four participant in the Open State Tournament. And, uh, 
Maybe you get a different result this time uh, going down there. Uh, you know, this is URI's tune-up. They had a close scrimmage against Boston College yep. last week, and I will talk about my opinion on the close scrimmages <laughs> in a minute as we shift gears to talk about the Friars. But uh, you know, from all intents and purposes, it seems uh, that URI did pretty well against BC. Yeah, they had a, a good performance and got the win without Cyril Langevine, uh, who was nursing a little bit of an injury. He said he would have played, according to our good friend Bill Koch, he would have played if it was a regular game, regular season game. Uh, but yeah, strong stuff from URI. It looked like Tyrese Martin had a big game, so he may be a breakout star for the Rams after a strong freshman year. And uh, we'll shift gears to talk about the Friars. They had an exhibition game last week against Division Two Stonehill. 87-68 final at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. It was actually a close game, six-point game, I believe, early in the second half. Stonehill, uh, you know, they woke up everybody at a sleepy dunk, uh, you know, <laughs> with uh, ripping off points and three-pointers. And kind of more injury woes for the Friars. Uh, Malik White uh, twisted his knee early in the second half, did not play. David uh, A.J. Reese, he went up for a big-time dunk and landed awkwardly, ended up getting a cramp. You know, adding to the injury concerns already with uh, Luan Pimpkins, Nate Watson, and Fred and Greg Gant. Uh, you were wondering if Ed Cooley was just going to say, enough, stop the game. <laughs> yeah, it's we're, over. We, we're, we're good. <laughs> we got our workout in. We got yeah. some film in. Let's stop this now before our body count becomes too great. And now the Friars, uh, this weekend, uh, we mentioned close scrimmages. Uh, they're traveling to face Purdue. That's a serious trip for a closed scrimmage. You got to get on a plane. They're getting on a plane tomorrow to go out to the Midwest. It's actually the game's in Indianapolis, so a uh, little long way to go to uh, for a, a game, uh, in my opinion. But uh, the thing about these closed scrimmages, and this is me opining, you know, I think they're a total waste of time in terms of the secretive nature of them. You're not allowed to really talk about them and. You know, a few years ago when the NCA was, you know, really, really big trouble with the coaches uh, and everything. And, you know, a lot of the coaches, they got together and decided to do these scrimmage against Division One teams. And did a portion of the money went to, like, hurricane relief efforts. Right. And yeah. why not do something like that every single year? Generate some buzz, open up the doors, and have a little bit of a charitable contribution going to someone. Instead of doing this closed nature where... You're kind of asking people, oh, what happened? And, uh, you know, yeah, you're not I really just, allowed to talk about it. I just don't understand. I don't understand why they're doing the secret way. I, no, I, I really don't. I've never done that. Yeah. But, uh, like you said, it's a long way to go for the Friars. We'll actually uh, have a little media availability later on Friday to see how the Friars are doing in terms of injuries. And, you know, it feels like it's been a very long preseason. Well, it's, uh, you know, I feel like we've talked about the Friars and the Rams. We're just, I think we're just, both of us are anxious, and a lot of the fans are just anxious to get these games going. Yeah, yeah it'll be uh, soon enough, a week from Tuesday. week from Tuesday. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, we'll talk a lot more college hoops on next week's uh, podcast, I'm sure. We'll do our probably more of our season preview in terms yeah. of uh, URI, PC, and Bryant. Yeah. And Brown, we'll give a little Brown uh, love there as well, yeah. but... Uh, We'll close out this week with some shout-outs. Mine is to the Cumberland High football team. Uh, you know, if you've followed along, that uh, the Clippers were the recipients of a $50,000 grant from the New England Patriots. And, you know, uh, a, it's, it's a huge, huge influx of cash for a program that, you know, they want to, you know, do some improvements, whether it's helmets, uniforms, you know, buy a new uh, video equipment. You know, Clippers are in Division One, and as we know, Division One is very, very competitive. You know, starting with Henrikin, LaSalle, North Kingstown has been a very solid program over the last several years, and 
these it's about keeping up with the Joneses and uh, you know the Clippers uh, they were the recipients of a huge huge donation this week that will undoubtedly be put to very good use and I'll uh, give a quick shout out to the North Kingston boys and girls soccer teams uh, not their first uh, time in the shout out portion of Ocean State sidelines uh, but they uh, they both continue to play really well and they played LaSalle, the perennial soccer powerhouse in Rhode Island, both of them Monday, Tuesday. Scoreless ties in both, which was not great for my articles. No. It's hard to write about games with no goals. Yeah, uh, you write about was, the chances. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, it's always funny. You get to like 20, the 23rd minute, and you're like, huh, 0-0. Zero, zero. i gotta, so I got to make sure I write down every, every missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the Skippers both were pretty happy with their performances in those games. They'll head into the playoffs as, uh, as some of the top teams, and certainly they can contend with LaSalle. They know that. So that'll uh, put a wrap on this week's Ocean State Sidelines podcast. Once again, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll be back with a fresh episode next week. Thank you.